and welcome to a special PORAC podcast. Today we are with Fred Robotham, the chair of the PORAC Legal Defense and the administrator, Ed Fishman. And along, I have uh, Damon Kurtz, who is always along for the ride. We felt that we needed to uh, have a little bit of a discussion in regards to the new PORAC uh, Legal Defense Fund Plan 6. Uh, we thought it would be a good opportunity to, uh, to bring in Ed and Fred to talk a little bit about the the plan itself and also to hopefully emphasize and create a greater awareness of the plan that's being offered out there, especially in light of the recent passage of Senate Bill 2 which is a new uh, police licensing law in the state of California. And normally, uh, California leads the way on law changes uh, when it comes to a lot of issues. But on this issue, uh, California is now the 47th state to pass a bill that requires uh, police officers to be licensed to practice law enforcement. So uh, with that, I'm going to uh, turn it over to Ed to talk a little bit about Senate Bill 2, and then Ed or Fred can jump in and, and discuss a little bit about Plan 6. Well, thank you, Brian, and uh, nice to see you, Damon. To begin with, I wanted to describe a little bit about what Senate Bill 2 does, how it's theoretically going to work, and what PORAC LDF has done to try to be responsive to the needs of its members. Senate Bill 2 is going to, as Brian described for the first time in California, require that peace officers be licensed. And with that, uh, they're going to have the opportunity or the ability to decertify or render a police officer or a peace officer unable to work within the state. We've all heard of the Post Commission. The Post Commission has been around for a long time, and it is responsible for the certification and training of peace officers throughout the state. But SB2 is expanding tremendously uh, the role of Post. So if we imagine the post commission at the top tier of these new levels that are going to be created, they remain in that supervisory or controlling capacity. Beneath them is going to be the police accountability division, and beneath that is going to be the advisory board. So what's going to happen uh, beginning this year as POST is building out this new infrastructure is that the Police Accountability Division is going to operate like the traditional law enforcement agency internal affairs. They're going to be the ones to receive information, receive even complaints from the public, uh, and in a variety of ways begin inquiries into the potential either suspension or revocation of a law enforcement officer's certificate. Once an investigation begins, they will have the power like a traditional IA investigation. And at the conclusion of their investigation, if they find that the matter should be sustained for some type of certification type of discipline, the officer will be notified and they'll have an opportunity to appeal. That first level appeal is going to go to the advisory board, which probably Brian is probably better to describe the makeup, but how should I say, it is not what I would describe as a friendly group. Uh, Brian, would you mind taking a minute or two to describe some of the, I guess, members of this board? Absolutely. So the advisory board is going to be made up of nine members. Uh, seven of those members are community members. We were able to, uh, and, and I know uh, a lot. I know a lot of our attorneys say that uh, you know when this bill first started to where it is, dramatic changes to it. It was a lot worse than what we currently have. But out of the seven members, uh, one of the members, there's a 
emphasis uh, that they had to, their family member had to be involved in a officer involved incident where there was a great bodily harm or death involved. Uh, so that is going to be one of the members on there. And unfortunately, uh, only two of the members on the advisory committee are law enforcement related in their management or internal affairs. So you can clearly see that this advisory board is stacked against the officer coming into uh, having their case brought forward to them. Thank you, Brian. So again, should the division make the decision that they're going to go forward with a proposed discipline and the officer appeals, the first level appeal is going to go to that advisory board. I would expect that most, if not all, of those appeals will then be rejected by the board. And the board then makes a recommendation to the, again, the top level post commission who have the final stage of the appeal. The post commissioners will then decide if the certification should be revoked or suspended. And if they do make that determination, then the officer has a, a right to a full evidentiary hearing before an administrative law judge. So that's going to be the way the logistics are supposed to work, at least according to the law right now. I suspect as it rolls out in the latter part of this year and the first part of next year, there's going to be a lots of uh, running back and forth to court to try to figure out how exactly this thing is supposed to occur. But that's the general framework. So Brian has uh, kept LDF in the loop as to the entire process of what's been going on with SB2. At the direction of the chairman, Fred Robotham, LDF has been uh, working with PORAC to make sure that it could develop a plan to provide the best possible legal defense that would be necessary for any of our members should they find themselves in the crosshairs of the commission, the division, or the board. And the way it's going to work is if any member association opts to join this new plan, which is called Plan 6, Plan 6 will be an add-on to your existing plan. So whether you're in Plan 1, which includes civil, criminal, or administrative, Plan 2, which is the civil and criminal only, or Plan 3, the limited administrative option, you'll have the opportunity to make the choice at the association level whether you also want to join Plan 6. If you do, any of your members who become the subject of an investigation at the post commission for the decertification process will receive full legal coverage through the entire appellate process as it moves through the administrative appeal, the investigation, and the ordinary way in which LDF handles things. We only cover matters within the within scope of employment for this plan. One of the most important things that I want to discuss right now is the timing. Because unfortunately, in the olden days, we used to have this idea that laws should only be passed to address prospective conduct. As we're seeing with law enforcement, unfortunately, the legislature likes to pass new laws that apply to past conduct. As a result, SB2 in its design allows the division to investigate and allows the commission to decertify any law enforcement officer for actions and conduct that happened before the passage of SB2. Of course, they limit it to certain circumstances, such as use of force, dishonesty, things along those lines. But for our purposes, it is a very, very broad array of actions that they can look back into. So the LDF Board of Trustees trying to be cognizant of the importance of being covered for these past actions have allowed what we refer to as an initial open enrollment period. So between now and the end of March, which is the first quarter of 2022, any member association can enroll in LDF Plan 6, and then they would receive full retroactive coverage for any act or event that happened to any of their members since the beginning that, of the time that that member became enrolled in LDF. 
you can enroll within this first quarter, but the billing does not begin and the charges do not get assessed until the second quarter of 2022. So I know there had been some questions out there as to how it's going to work and how the retroactivity would apply. That's why we wanted to make it nice and clear. Member associations can choose not to enroll during this open enrollment period, but instead wait until later in the year or wait until next year. But if they do, then they would only be covered for acts or events which happen after the date that they elect this new plan. So, Fred, do you have anything that you want to add? That's really the, uh, the, the biggest key factor that we need to, uh, to get across to the members is making sure that they know that, know that uh, April 1st is really that key date. You want to join prior to that. That's where you get the most value for, for, for joining and participating in this plan. You know, it's not going to be right for all associations. Some, uh, some might evaluate it and decide it's not what they want to do. Uh, but if you, if, if you think it's right for your association, join now, get that retroactive coverage. Uh, back dating back to when you became a, a, an LDF participant initially. You know, I, I appreciate Brian and Damon having uh, been in close contact with us from the really the inception of SB2 when we first started hearing about this uh, occurring and uh, the, the close collaboration so that we could get this plan in place ready to go so that the members have it available to them if they think it's something that, that they're going to want for, for, their, uh, for their local association. By, by structuring it the way we did, uh, the, the trustees, by making it an additional plan, we wanted to offer the, the most amount of flexibility to each association to, to determine whether or not they thought it was right for their association. Uh, there was some discussion about why not just lop it into plan one, but by doing that, we'd be cutting out all those members in plan two who might want to avail themselves of this. And also you'd be uh, be encumbering some folks who might not think that this is uh, right for their association, uh, making them encumber the cost as well. This way, the most amount of flexibility has been built into the plan. And I think uh, I think the members are going to drive that, the greatest benefit by being able to make that selection for themselves. In addition, Fred, I think by having plan six be a standalone uh, at a later point in time when an association feels that maybe this plan isn't needed, it's not something that's been encumbered in the other plans as an expense because I'm sure everybody on here is very well aware that uh, when it comes to increased expenses for LDF or anything dues uh, related, that the members are very sensitive to those increases. Uh, in this way, it affords an opportunity for those associations moving forward to make a determination for their organization whether they want to keep this plan or not. Yeah, that's something that I think needs to be really emphasized. And I think we try to do a good job of it at the uh, chapter level because each association has really got to make that assessment. But it's a difficult assessment to make at this point because don't really, it's not something we've tracked in the past. You know, you, we know we have folks that have been terminated, but we don't necessarily keep track of those from a perspective of, do we think this is going to be an SB2 type deal? And what is your exposure uh, at at the individual association level, and are there still people working? Because you just sometimes, you know, the, those those um, negotiated settlements and things like that are are confidential, and you don't really know what those may entail. And your exposure is a little bit of an unknown. And I, I encourage folks to take advantage of the Plan Six, at least for now, and until maybe the the uh, wave of popularity, if you will, with it, because we know there's going to be a, a wave of cases come through at least the very first year. I think Brian mentioned that Post is expecting at least a thousand cases in the very first year and, and maybe the same for the next. So that's, that's concerning. We don't really know how many are out there. One of the questions that I get is the process in which a member will have to go through that. What differentiates this 
with the current process of, uh, you know, maybe we can just pay for each individual one as we face it. Are there going to be additional expenses associated with because this process is new? I don't know. I'll open that up to either Fred or Ed. I can clarify if you need it. No, I think we we definitely, uh, this is something that Ed and I have talked quite a bit about. And there's a lot of unknowns in this process. That's one of the, the biggest concerns is you don't exactly know what everything is going to entail. Ed and I have been discussing, there's probably going to be a tremendous amount of litigation surrounding the beginning of this as as the path is forged for, for what exactly this is going to, going to look like. There's going to be a lot of trips to court probably as, 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 it, as this gets rolling. And we've already discussed as a group with the trustees, this is something that we see we see LDF funding to make sure that we can afford the best protection for our members possible. Uh, I'll let Ed get into the specifics of the of what the path looks like so far, but it, it doesn't look like it's going to be an inexpensive path to try to defend yourself as you go down it. Ed, uh, thank you, Fred. I, I believe that should someone find themselves uh, having gone through the process of the investigation, what may be the uh, very uncomfortable process of the public hearing in front of the board, uh, and then the post commission makes a determination that they should be have their certificate revoked or suspended, the administrative law judge hearing is going to be as full and robust as a typical arbitration. So I, I suspect it's going to be very similar to a traditional form of administrative disciplinary process. The Board of Trustees wanted to price this plan as low as it possibly could. And the initial price is going to be $5 per member per month. I would suspect that the board is going to be watching the expenditure for this over the next several years before making a determination as to whether that price should be increased or decreased. But it is not going to be the typical association level experience rating. Rather, it's going to be that flat fee of $5 per member per month. And as of right now, all of the members of the association need to join. So just like every other LDF plan, all the members have to be in the same plan. I really appreciate uh, you coming in today and and talking about Plan 6 and uh, what it entails. What are the best ways for people to reach out to LDF if they have questions? I think calling the LDF office would probably be the best way to do it. And also, if you go to our website on the front page, the uh, scrolling screens of banners is a link for the Plan 6 information. There is the application there. Uh, But if anybody has any questions, they should either reach out to me directly the LDF office. I know Fred's always uh, available to all members when they have questions. And what's the uh, website address? PORACLDF.org. PORACLDF.org. Correct. If you have questions or concerns, please reach out to the LDF. They will be more than happy to uh, answer or address any of those issues. Again, I want to thank Fred, chair of the LDF, and Ed, the administrator of PORAC LDF, for coming in today and talking to us about the Plan 6 program. There will be articles in the magazine. Do your due diligence. Like Damon said, I I think uh, by and large, a majority of the uh, board of directors at PORAC are recommending that your association join this and get in before April 1st. March 31st is a cutoff for that retroactivity piece. Again, thank you uh, for coming in. And I want to thank all our members out there for the great job that they're doing, providing the services to their community. Uh, Have a safe day. Thank you. 
ORHAC is California's largest law enforcement organization and the largest statewide association in the nation, representing over 77,000 public safety members since 1953. Our monthly podcasts, as well as past episodes, are available on ORHAC.org, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, ORHAC's YouTube channel, or where popular podcasts are downloaded. Be sure to follow us on all our social media platforms and tag us with your suggestions for future show topics. To learn more about our organization, visit us at ORHAC.org. Porak.org. We are Porak. Does your association need a new and improved website? The web experts at 911 Media can build you a user-friendly website that keeps your members informed and engaged with website packages starting at $1,195 a year. 911 Media has been Porak's strategic communications partner since 2010. To find out more, contact them today by visiting 911media.com or call them at 877-DIAL. 911. That's 877-342-5911.